2: And you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out.
3: What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It's IGN's weekly Xbox show for... November 30th, 2022, the year is almost over already, just a few more shows to go, plenty of Xbox stuff to talk about in the meantime, this is episode 572, I'm Ryan McCaffrey, to my left, the opposite side of the screen for you is Stella Chung, hello, <laughs> hi, uh, Destin Legary down in Los Angeles, how are you? Bam, I'm doing great, Ryan. <laughs> Miranda Sanchez, piping in from hi. San Francisco. Good morning.
4: Yes, good morning. Um, unfortunately, I have a sick kitty, so I am staying home to watch her. But you are back in the office hopefully next week with all of y'all.
3: No worries. We uh, appreciate you being here, no matter whether it's uh, the the two D version or the three D version of Miranda. We'll we'll take uh, we'll take either one. Well, coming up later in the podcast, we have an interview with Jake Solomon. He is the creative director of Marvel's Midnight Suns, which is out this week. We just recorded that spoiler it was a really fun 20-minute conversation so stay tuned for that later in the podcast a couple of housekeeping notes first our ign.com slash rewards website is live it's the revamp of our ign prime program there is a free tier where you just sign up ign.com slash rewards and you will get free perks some uh, useful things discounts those kinds of things and then uh We've also got a paid tier which is coming to the end of the promotional period. So, for a little bit while longer, if you'd like to support IGN and get stuff like free games and even more perks, you can go again ign.com/rewards and it is 29.99 for 1 year of IGN Plus. That's just $2.50 a month. So, check that out if you are interested. Meanwhile, the Game Awards is coming up next week i think maybe next week so i actually i'll be flying down to the game awards i will not be here miranda is just hearing this now (laughs) so (laughs) we didn't get a chance to connect beforehand
5: okay so uh
3: maybe you guys will do a game awards prediction show Mm -hmm. that would be that would be what i would do if i were if i were here next week but i won't be so it'll be up to you guys with what you want to do but Uh, We are going to be airing the Game Awards live here on IGN, including our own pre- and post-show. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be December 8th at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Of course, there will be new trailers, reveals, announcements, world premieres, award winners. Tune in to IGN for both the show and that exclusive pre- and post-show. Let's get to some news before we go talk to Jake Solomon about Marvel's Midnight Suns. And I wanna start with an interview that Todd Howard did with Lex Friedman. He is a, a well-known YouTube interviewer. Uh, he doesn't always have game people on, but he had Todd Howard on, because he's a big Elder Scrolls fan, as, you, as you'll as you come to learn if you check out the interview. And uh, Lex got Todd to talk a little bit about the Indiana Jones game that Todd is executive producing, that Machine Games, makers of Wolfenstein, is doing the actual development on. So, Todd, uh, he commented on which genre the game is. Like, he's a, Lex asked, "Well, what is this Indiana Jones game?" It's a. It's got to be a character game, right? And and Todd said, "Well, sure," but he says, "quote I will just say it's a mashup. It's unique. It isn't one thing intentionally. So it does a lot of different things that myself and the folks at Machine Games have wanted to do in a game." So it's a unique thing. Now, we've been wondering about this game f- since it was announced because, as we've talked about here before, Machine Games, their entire history is first-person games. And would they make a first-person Indiana Jones game? You'd think probably not, but sounds like that could be on the table if, if uh, this is going to dabble in a lot of different things. Miranda, I'm going to go to you first. What When you hear that quote from Todd about it being a mashup and a bunch of different things. What comes to mind for this Indiana Jones project?
4: I feel like they're trying to just be especially elusive here to not give a lot of information, but also still give an answer. I think the clean cut answer is just going to be, it's an action adventure game, which makes most sense, but um, probably peppered in with different sequences of different genres. So for instance, we're going to have puzzles, which are also an action adventure games, but you know, there are a whole genre for puzzle games. Um, and other moments. So I think that's really what it's going to end up being. And they're just trying to say, we don't want to like lump ourselves into one idea of what this game could be. So we're just going to give a non-answer.
3: Stella, your thoughts?
4: That's actually kind of where
1: I was going to go, too. I was like, I don't think it's as wild as people think it's going to be like, oh, it's not going to be like on-the-rails arcade game, you know? But um, yeah, I think it's just going to be a big mashup of things, like puzzles. I mean, I'm playing through God of War Ragnarok right now, so I feel like it might be a mix of that. Um, I, I feel like it'll still be first person.
3: You think so? Okay, because this is... I'm glad yeah. you're going... I'm glad you're it's... you're putting your flag in the ground on this. Yeah. Because it's... it. it <laughs> I would be fascinated by yeah. a first person Indiana Jones game.
1: I think it'd be kinda cool, but I also would understand if they went third person, because you want to see Indiana Jones, right? But I don't know, I'm I feel like we've gotten so many third person like Tomb Raider, uh Uncharted. I'm like, you know, first person would be kinda fun. I think that'd be kinda cool.
2: Uh Destin, your thoughts here. Well I, I think they go third person at the end of the day. I think that's mm-hmm. the the best way to have indie in the scene otherwise like why have the license if you're not even going to show the character really right and uh i always thought it would just translate really well into an uncharted type game i think uncharted was sort of based off the indiana jones idea sure so um i i would love to see something similar to that but they said they're doing something uh unique um i'm curious what that means and what they have wanted to do in a game it's a very non-answer, PR answer, PR-trained answer. So it's hard to dive into it. But for me, what I would want, third person, a lot like Uncharted, because Uncharted's kind of done right now. There's no Uncharted stuff. So is Tomb Raider in the pipeline. Mm. Yeah, and Tomb Raider's kind of not doing anything at the moment. So it's a really, really good window for them to uh, experiment and try something new. Yep.
4: Do you think what... There sorry, really quickly. Um do you think what they, they're getting with the experimental weird different is how they're gonna do combat specifically because like Indiana Jones, I don't think about him going in guns blazing. Yeah. So well, I think that's maybe where it'll come from.
2: Yeah, that would be that's a really interesting thought because the way Indy handles situations are like you see the guy with the knives, he comes out and he just shoots him, like he solves problems. <laughs> with the easiest, uh, the path of least resistance, right? And that's something really interesting about the Indiana Jones character. So I I would love to see something like that in how they design the game.
3: Yeah, he is a professor at the end of the day, not a military-trained sniper, right? (laughs) But uh, I want to come back to, Stella, what you were saying about the perspective, about first person, third person. Based on what Todd's saying here, and I actually respectfully disagree with Destin. I think this is not a PR... Todd is not really a, a PR-trained... He's not one to spew just the PR points. I mean, he knows... You know, he knows how to give a non Yeah, he knows what, what he wants <laughs> yeah. to say and what not yeah. to say. But, uh, Stella, I, th- I actually think, just based on him saying, oh, it's a bunch of different stuff, I think there are going to be both third-person parts uh-huh. and first-person parts in this game, given Machine Games' history and and expertise in first-person stuff, like, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of vehicle, whether it's motorcycle, car, like, like a vehicle section that might be first-person, and then obviously the, you know, the the, like, third-person platforming slash, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. cave archaeology site expedition stuff could be third-person. So I I could see it bouncing around between third and first-person, but I just... I, I really still I just want to see what this game is because the other thing that Todd said in the interview is that he had originally pitched this idea to Lucas uh, 10 over 10 years ago. Oh, wow. But they were busy with Skyrim at the time and they all Lucas Arts wasn't really licensing externally mm-hmm. at that point and that he said he you know that he came back and met with him again and pitched the same idea. So this is an idea that Todd's had in his head for over a decade, and now I'm really curious what that idea is and what that game is gonna be. So yeah, I'm sure there are gonna be, oh now, see (laughs) this is why Red is so good at what he does, our super producer Red. If you're watching us on video, we are watching uh, some gameplay from the Lucasfilm, old school Lucasfilm, Indiana Jones point and click adventure game, which uh, I confess I actually never played these. I, I I jumped in. I played came, this. These came before Monkey Island, oh, wow. as I recall, um, and Monkey Island was my entry point into LucasArts adventure games. But this is making me want to go play those Indiana Jones games. But anyway, I I, uh, I played this
2: actually. I was I just recognized it. Wow.
3: Yeah, this That's is a very the, old game. The Scum Engine at work. Scumm uh, that Ron Gilbert wrote. But anyway, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll just be cool to have a a new a triple a indiana jones game like we haven't had one the last the last indie game uh, or at least triple a one was by the collective which i think is a developer that either i can't remember if they changed names or if they don't exist anymore but it was an excellent game back in the original xbox era that's how long ago it was so it's it's a few generations ago at this point um, and i wonder i maybe we'll, maybe we get a trailer for this at the game awards Right, That'd be like really nice. I mean, Todd, be
4: cool.
3: Xbox has been to the Game Awards. You know that they seem to be making a more concerted effort to show stuff at the Game Awards. I mean, Todd Howard gave the release date for Skyrim back in 2010 for the 11 11 11 release date at the Game Awards. So I could see the first gameplay trailer for indie showing up at the Game Awards, and I would love to see that. Podcast Unlocked is brought to you this week by Good Chop. I have been sampling Good Chop for the past week or so. And I'll tell you, my family and I are really impressed. Just last night, we had the ribeye steak. It was like I was at a prime rib steakhouse. It was awesome. Truly excellent stuff. Did not have to leave the house. We just keep everything in the freezer until the day before. We're ready to eat it. We've been taking it out. We've got the the aforementioned ribeye steak. There's some chicken breasts that we've had that have been excellent. Uh, Ground beef that we've made tacos with, that's been fun. There's also thick cut bacon in there which I have not busted open yet, but I am looking forward to doing so. Basically, you are getting high quality meats delivered to your door. Good Chop offers fully customizable boxes of high quality meat and seafood, delivered on your schedule. The products are vacuum-sealed and frozen at peak freshness so you can stock your freezer and cook them when you want, which is exactly what we've been doing over the past week. Choose from over 70 high-quality cuts from 100% grass-fed ribeyes, USDA prime filet mignon, free-range and organic chicken breasts, pork tenderloin, oh yeah, we had that too, and thick-cut bacon, just to name a few. They also offer sustainable and wild-caught seafood. Uh, salmon, which we've had, we've had, and that's been good. Pacific Cod, Scallop, Shrimp, and more. So, like I said, been trying a bunch of these. They have been really good. Saves the trip to the grocery store. Don't have to worry about going there, getting the meat, and getting something good. You've got good stuff coming right to your door. So, Good Chop, remember, sources its meat and seafood exclusively from American farms and fisheries, so you can support local family farms and independent ranchers right here in the U.S. and it's affordable. Good Chop's price per meal starts at just $3.74. Good Chop also prides itself on sourcing meat that comes with no antibiotics or added hormones ever. No artificial ingredients, only the good stuff. They offer a 100% money-back guarantee if you are not satisfied. I encourage you to try it. I really do. Go to goodchop.com unlocked120 and use the code unlocked120 to get $120 off across your first 4 boxes that's code unlocked120 at goodshop.com/unlocked120 for $120 off goodshop.com/unlocked120 code unlocked120
1: Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist,
5: a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Check out new episodes Mondays and Fridays for a wide variety of topics and news episodes. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, Rage On.
3: You're probably all aware of the Callisto Protocol, the survival horror game coming to PlayStation, Xbox, and PC platforms this Friday, December 2nd. And if you want to delve into this universe early, you should check out Helix Station. It is a Callisto Protocol narrative companion podcast that stars Gwendolyn Christie and Michael Ironside. IGN is publishing and distributing Helix Station in partnership with Striking Distance Studios. In episode four, all hell officially broke loose. Percy and company are on the run from vicious alien creatures, and one of her companions is in dire need of medical attention. Here's a tease of the horrors lying in wait in episode five.
2: I did what
0: you
5: said. Please let them go.
1: Carol was strapping explosives to the carpenter drive.
5: We're all about to become legends. Carol Keller, step away from the drive. It's all over. (laughs) This is what UJC sent after me? An errand girl? Are you ready for martyrdom? Please put the gun down. She's got them chained to the reactor. She'll kill them. Carol, you're not listening. It's simple. Back up or I shoot. Trust me, I don't miss. Shoot me and the kids go BOOM! Please! Carol, what are you doing? The keeping. Carol, spit that key out of your mouth! The lunatic swallowed the key. That was dumb, Carol. Real dumb. Mm-hmm. Sure it's going to be tough to get those kids' handcuffs off now. <laughs> Why are you doing all this, Carol? No one cares about the hole of a station. Earth was our one true home! And what did we do? We killed her! I'm not going to ask you again. Step away from the drive. We have a responsibility. Life comes and goes. The nature of things... Well... That's what lives forever. The past. The messages sent from the present to the future and... And to send a message to do is push this little Ah! Two lines,
2: everyone. Please line up in an orderly
3: fashion. That was a sample of episode 5 of Helix Station, a Callisto Protocol companion podcast leading up to the release of the game this Friday, December 2nd. All episodes are now out. Find them wherever you get your podcasts. Alright, next up this week... This, this can probably be quick because this is... Yeah, I hope if it's the
2: next story, it better be quick.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, Xbox Games with Gold. I mean, you know, it's our job to inform you and maybe if we're lucky, entertain you as well. This this <laughs> definitely falls under the inform category. Xbox Games with Gold for December have been revealed. Let me, uh, let me unfurl the, the list of the games this month and we'll see if we have time to get through them all. <clears throat> Ready? Game number 1. Colt Canyon. Colt Canyon. That's yeah, that's the video game. I'm yep. yeah. It's great. If if you've heard of this game, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying it's bad. I have no idea if it's good or bad, but uh Colt Canyon it will be available starting December 1st, which is tomorrow, all month long. And uh Colt Canyon is a 2D pixel art shooter where players take on the role of a cowboy on a mission to save his kidnapped partner from ruthless bandits. Game number two on the Xbox Games with Gold list for December is Bladed Fury, which sounds like a 90s alternative rock band. Bladed Fury, that one will be available from December 16th to January 15th. And that is a 2018 game that's a 2D fantasy action game based on a slightly surreal version of Chinese history and mythology. We're looking at a clip of it now, if you're watching us on video. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that was it, by the way. That was the end of the list. <laughs> all. We were one game away from it being Xbox Game with Gold mm. for this month. Destin, um, it's... This, yeah. is, this is this, it's not unusual, and I'm we're making a you know, we're, we're po- poking fun at these games that don't really deserve it. But uh, it's not unusual for, for the more anonymous, lesser known games to be the games with gold during the the big fall season when everybody's busy playing all the new releases.
2: If you're going to do a games with gold where you have games like Bladed Fury and Cold Canyon, which are highly rated on Steam, they have very positive reviews yeah. on Steam, so they're not bad games, we're not knocking the games why don't you just align with a developer and do something like summer of games with, with games with cold, right? Like you're already partnering with people to do game pass. Uh, why not do something like that here? These games are four years old. They came out in 2018. So December of 2018. So they're celebrating well, one of them celebrating four years. Yeah, Cult canyons. Yeah. 2020 Canyon's two years, yeah, Col- t- Cult canyon's two years two. old. Yeah. Um, it's a great marketing push for the games, but the reaction from the community is rather negative. I feel like they need to revisit the entire Games of Gold formula if if they're going to go this route.
3: Miranda, you you'd started to jump in there as well.
4: Yeah, I was gonna say that these games do have like pretty good reviews. So it's not that these again, as Destin was saying, as Ryan also was saying, like these aren't bad games. We're not knocking the games themselves, but I think coming in with games that are rather unknown and maybe not making as much of like a celebration of them or whatever it may be is really hard. And obviously we've, we've talked at length about how games of gold is a sort of in an odd place at this point now where we have game pass, what are they going to put that's not already on game pass? So that's a really hard question to ask or hard question to answer. And I think they're still figuring out where they want overlap or not. And I do agree with Destin that I think they need to take a look at Games with Gold and refigure out something different. I, I think they do still need to have some sort of program because it is definitely something that I think folks would still really appreciate because not everyone has Game Pass. But at the same time, it still needs to be games that people um, are excited about. Or I don't. I feel bad because it's like again, these games aren't bad, so they can be really cool. Maybe this is like a good idea of like, hey, try these games now. Sorry, they're free. Just 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 go for it um or they're with your subscription so why not but i do think that something needs to be changed with this program
3: stella you know if, if hey if somebody's a gamer on a you know tight holiday budget cuz well, a lot of people are spending a lot of money buying gifts and things this time of year maybe you've maybe you know you don't have game pass but you do you know earlier in the year you paid for your mm-hmm. year of xbox live gold at least you know yeah. you do you you get two games to download and keep forever. That's always been one nice mm-hmm. thing about Games With Gold is they yeah. are yours forever. So at least, you know, no no Xbox gamer with, if you've got at least one subscription, whether it's Game Pass mm-hmm. or in this case Game uh, Xbox Live Gold, you are not walking away empty handed from from the month.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and that's really nice. I remember when, um, you know, before I was working with again I, I definitely had the uh, Games With Gold Package. But like after uh, Game Pass came out, I looked at the two deals and I was like, well, it seems like if I get everything with this premium um, subscription, I should just do that. So I was lucky enough that I was able to do that and, you know, get a bunch of games. But I feel like I, I definitely agree with Dustin and Miranda that I think they need to figure something out with this particular um, thing because these are just two games for the month, which is a little bit disappointing, even if you have even if you were gifted like the full year subscription it's um it's not great and i feel like they need to do something maybe like again like destin was like oh maybe do like a summer of games or like a event where you showcase all the things you can get that'd be really nice but um yeah i, I guess there's just this delicate balance of figuring out what's on game pass and then what can be brought to gold so well
2: let me let me yeah, ask like,
1: y'all oh, go, go ahead destin please
2: Well, I was just going to say, like, why keep it to two? Why not make it, like Miranda said, a celebration of, like, five indie games that were, like, hey, we don't have bangers this week, but we have these amazing indie games and make it, like, an indie highlight and give away five of them instead of two. You know, I I think there's something that can be done here because we all know that they didn't pay as much for these games as they would for other games. So they should have, they potentially could have stretched that budget a little bit further and brought and made like a celebration. I I would really like that to see that honestly. Well, you know,
3: yeah, I want to come back to Miranda's suggestion there because, you know, I, I think we've, we've all commented repeatedly that over the last year plus at this point, the, the, we're not exactly getting a lot of big name games as part of games with gold. So Miranda, to your point, what should this, should games with gold maybe be rebranded as something that, that is specifically indie focused and it's, and it is highlighting and it may be merging your, your thought with Destin's idea of turn it into a, an indie celebration every month. Like, Hey, you'll get these, four, maybe you know, kind of average it out like one a week. Like you'll get these four indie games this month free as as your uh, not games with gold, but whatever they would change the name of it to in order to, you know, because then you're you're elevating uh games that that are by default lower profile because they don't have multi-million dollar marketing budgets. You're you'd have to make a financial arrangement, obviously, as you were noting Destin, with with the creators of those games where they would get some assurances that they're going to make some money and they're going uh, you know, to get some recognition for their games. I, Miranda, do you, would that work for you? Do you think we should rebrand this as, a, as an indie-centric thing if we come up with a good name for it?
4: I think that would be pretty cool. A, a cool way to discover new things, for sure. I do like your idea as well to have it be like a weekly release so instead. I think that's a lot more enticing. It's like, hey, you get something new to try every single week if you have games of gold, and like that's a cool, that's a cool idea. It's like, and then you get to keep it forever. Um, but I'm not sure how people would take that I'm actually really interested if you're listening or watching on YouTube, or wherever you're watching. Uh, definitely, like let us know what you think in the comments, because I think I'm more inclined to hear what our listeners think about that. I personally really enjoy digging through indie games and like finding a lot of new experiences. They're very unique. They're really cool. Of course, budgets in like, display of them are are around the very wide spectrum of like what they offer and so i think it'd be a cool way to have someone else like digging and curating for you but i don't know if that is necessarily enticing to people who do already play with um xbox gold whereas i again i like to to do that but you know there's already a lot to play so
2: just just thinking on it, it just needs to be reformatted. It's an old yeah. idea. It's been around since what? The 360 era, Ryan? Yeah, it's been a while. Games with Gold? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, Game Pass is basically the modernization of the idea. Um, you know, you charge a subscription fee and you get access to games. There's this holdover from the 360 era, and they just they haven't really done much with it. They haven't modernized it, they haven't changed it. There's like, here's your two free games, I guess, and it's like a perk of the service. PlayStation does something similar also. Like, I would be interested to hear from our commenters, like Miranda said, like, how would you like to see the service evolve? I don't have anything off the top of my head, but I definitely think it needs to change in some manner.
3: I mean, I think what what we're suggesting, or at least I guess I'm taking what you guys are saying and then twisting it for my uh, purposes, which is the same thing I always get on in my soapbox about. We're basically saying it needs... This is a way you could you could kind of merge games with gold with Xbox Live Arcade Wednesdays mm. and, and do it that way like why not why not tell tell me it's a bad tell me why it's a bad idea it, it would totally work
2: it, there's an opportunity here that Xbox could harness that's that's yeah. all i'm saying exactly all right uh, one more story for this week before we bring Jake
3: Solomon in here to talk Marvel's Midnight Suns Neo's developer, I know them as Ninja Gaiden's developer, Team Ninja, has responded to rumors that it's planning to reboot the Dead or Alive and Ninja Gaiden franchises, indicating that we probably won't see a revival anytime soon. Speaking to VGC, Team Ninja's creative director Tom Lee said that despite showing both franchises at a conference under the heading Reboot of a Popular Series, the studio has nothing to announce regarding either of these games. Quote, Dead or Alive and Ninja Gaiden are both long-standing pillar franchises for Team Ninja. These celebrated titles are synonymous with our studio history and reputation. It goes without saying that when speaking about the development of our past and future projects, both of these important titles cannot be left without mention. However, there are no details or information to share on either of these franchises at the present time. Like many of our dedicated fans, we share the enthusiasm for the return of these beloved titles, and we will be sure to provide a proper update if and when that day arrives. Stella, did you, uh, I know you were going to play Ninja Gaiden when yeah. it hit, went into Game Pass. Did you get there?
1: Not yet. I've been, there have been so many games on my backlog, but I do have it downloaded. So it's ready to go. That's
3: what you can get me yeah. for, for Christmas oh, is okay. you playing Ninja <laughs> Gaiden, because I think you're going to love it. I really okay.
1: do. I, I mean, I do love games that are challenging. So yes, I think I will like it, but, um, Yeah, I got to play it, but I don't know. This seems like it's not – I think they're being honest about, no, we're not working on it.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that was my takeaway as well. Destin.
2: uh, Look, Ryan, (laughs) I know you love Ninja Gaiden. I got Ninja Gaiden (laughs) Black in the closet. Keep working on Woe Long. I want Woe (laughs) Long. It's coming. Yeah, that's that yeah.
3: one's not too far away. Yeah, yeah. that's the not- that's obviously well, and that's they're I was gonna say they're busy to Stella's yeah. point, they're busy with Wo Long, even though that is coming soon. So theoretically, they could be freed up to <laughs> go back to Ninja Gaiden pretty soon. But they've got Wo Long, Fallen Dynasty, and then uh, their other I believe it's a PlayStation exclusive, it was announced at State of Play, uh, Ronin, mm-hmm. which looked awesome to me. Uh, that's so. I don't know if Team Ninja is more than two teams. It oh, it used to be two teams back in the in the Dead or Alive Ninja Gaiden days. They would they would each you know there was a DOA team and a, and a Ninja Gaiden team. So I don't know if they have more teams than that now because uh, you've got to figure. I know Neo has been super successful for them. You'd have to figure that a Neo three is is a more likely than not scenario as well. Um, but yeah, Miranda, did you have you played either? Dead or Alive nope. or Ninja Gaiden at any point?
4: Nope. Just not games that I've really ch- checked out. Um, I agree though. I think they're pretty they're pretty busy at the moment, and like maybe the fan excitement for that is like a good signal to them that hey, these are things we should probably consider as future projects. Yeah. But yeah, that's I think as much as it might be at this point.
3: I will hold out hope that it's going to happen. I mean, hey, we're getting the Splinter Cell remake in like five years, (laughs) so I will hold out hope that Ninja Gaiden will return. All right, uh, we're going to talk to Jake Solomon from Firaxis about Marvel's Midnight Suns here coming up in just a second. Our guest this week is the creative director of the about-to-come-out video game Marvel's Midnight Suns. Welcome to Jake Solomon. How are you, sir?
6: Uh, I'm good. It's surreal to hear that uh, the game is coming out. It's been a journey, but it's, yeah, it's great to be here. Yeah, December 2nd, that would be
3: this Friday. We're talking to you on Wednesday. Reviews dropped just a few hours ago as as we sit here to record this. And we were just saying, boy, thank goodness the reviews were good. Otherwise, because we had this book for a while, if the reviews were bad, this would have been a very strange, awkward conversation.
6: Yes, I, I said that to the PR guys. I was like, "Do we put Unlocked after the reviews? Like, I guess we, we were feeling confident, I guess, I guess. So yeah, it is a review day. Um, as a designer, as like a developer, review day is the worst day. It's they've been good to us, but man, it is the worst, uh, the worst day. I'm I, just happy to be on the other side of it.
3: I like to ask all game developers this because yep. different people have different thoughts and feelings on it. Are, are you somebody that reads your reviews, or do you just prefer to stay away from them?
6: Nope. No, mm-hmm. I um I I see the headlines. You know, the team gets very excited about it, and so they'll post it in Slack and stuff like that. Um, I'll. I like squint at the Metacritic score after a couple hours. Yeah, um, and I'll be like, okay, that's the last five years of my life summed up. Okay, good, good, good. Um, like close it down. <laughs> I don't read the reviews; they drive me absolutely batty. So I, I just read a headline, and I'm like, is that generally positive? Okay. So um, I figure if I'm out of a job, they'll let me know pretty. Good.
3: <laughs> was there? Was there? I'm curious though. Was there a game in your career that? That you were, where you did read reviews up until a point, and then, you know, you, or you just kind of realized that they made, they made you crazy no matter what they
6: said, and you swore them off. Yeah. I think, so I'm, uh, I'm Midwestern, right? I, I grew up in Kansas City, and I think just that is just in my bones. And so whether it's positive, it's funny, like negative stuff, I'm actually way more comfortable reading. Like hmm. comments, I'm immune to the negativity in the comments. I wow, can I extract
3: your blood? And, and can we can we it, it, yeah, right. you know, get some of that? Because <laughs> we're, we,
6: yeah. I know we could all use that superpower of ignoring negative comments. <laughs> I think it's some internal system where i read them and i'm like i know right he does talk very loud and he is annoying no um i don't know what it is but yeah the comments never bother me negative stuff never bothers me it's anything that's positive whatever reason it makes me very uncomfortable so i uh i have people sum up like hey these are the things they say you should change i'm like okay cool i'll do that
3: well, uh, you've yeah. Then you've probably felt really uncomfortable every time because your your track record. You've got a pretty impressive resume at this point, my friend, and this game is only adding to it. IGN giving this game an eight, calling it yes. great out of ten. Everybody should go read. And it's our reviewer on this is Dan Stapleton, who I think has reviewed every Firaxis game ever, basically, or at least in his career. Uh, but yes. uh, yeah, Everybody should check I out was Dan's sure.
6: review. Yeah, I wasn't sure if Dan was going to review this because um, I know he reviewed the XCOMs. He was a, He's a big XCOM guy, so I was like, I, you know, the question always was with players, would they be willing to come along for the ride because this is so different than yeah. XCom. I know and so it's been gratifying to see that it it seems like you know definitely some of them are so
3: well uh, I want to let let Stell and Destin get some questions in here too but i I'll, I'll I'll leave you with this before I toss to them I'm you know kind of on that note like how creatively energizing was this game for you because I, I had to double check the timeline you've basically spent the previous ten years before this working on XCOM and between one and two, you know, they were, they were pretty, you know, healthy development cycles. Uh, So it's, it's been a, like a decade or so of your life on XCOM. And now, you know, something totally different here. So was that uh, a really welcome change for you? Just, just for not, you know, nothing against XCOM, but just for a break.
6: Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, so it's a funny thing where I, you know, it sounds like a joke and it it is kind of, but it's also true. Like I'm very much a, uh, like, if I like something, I'll just do it forever. Like, I've worked at Fractus for 22 years. It's the only job I've ever had. I, it, wow. You know, I've been married for 22 years. Uh, my truck is, like, 14 years old at this <laughs> point. My wife's like, why don't you get a new truck? I'm like, I like my truck. I don't know. So, it's very much my person. I loved XCOM. If Marvel hadn't come to us and said, hey, we would like you to partner with us on the next game, I'd be, you know, making another XCOM. Although that's probably going to make people mad. You know, there's, there's probably some people out there being like, I wanted another XCOM, but what can you do? Well, something tells
3: me you'll get back to it at some point. I can't imagine. Yeah, at uh, some point. Yeah, at some yeah. point. Stella?
1: Yeah, so you are the creative director. And after working on XCOM, I was going to ask, what was your biggest challenge but most exciting thing that uh, you changed going from XCOM to making this? Like, what was the most exciting and challenging aspect of creating a game that was based around superheroes?
6: I mean, it was, I think it was the narrative for sure. I think that, you know, XCOM, we, we always had a narrative that was, uh, it existed, it was there, it, it pushed the gameplay along, but um, it never dealt with fixed characters generally. Um, and so, you know, it was pretty light. But to really do um, honor to making a game in the Marvel universe, you know, we knew that we would have to have a much deeper narrative, a much more fully featured from cinematics to in-game narrative. Um, and so that was really exciting. Um, I've always wanted to um, make a game with, with more narrative to it. Um, but um, that was also really, really challenging. I mean, we had, it, it took, it was a big learning curve for us. So, um, but it was great. It was, it was ultimately ended up being um, one of my favorite parts of the game.
1: Yeah, was there a lot of research that went into the different heroes' backgrounds and such?
6: Okay, so I am, I am like people be like, oh, like Marvel, like I am hardcore. And what this Ooh. has taught me, <laughs> very, very hardcore comics guy. So I'm, I've I've been reading the comics, um, and it was great because my partnership with Marvel comes out of that. Where and I've got a lot of people on my team who are hardcore comics people. Um, And so the partnership with Marvel is great because from our first meeting, I was like, I was going deep on them. I was like, I want to, we want to talk about this panel from episode whatever. And they were like, I think even they were like, all right, calm down, buddy. Take it it easy. Um, So yeah, but we, of course, we research the heroes. You want to make sure that they are, their abilities are appropriate to who they are, but also at the same time, make sure they're all doing something different in combat. Um, So, yeah, there's just a lot of uh, research, but that's, like, my favorite kind of research is reading comics, so.
1: Yeah, okay, so then is there any Easter egg from a specific panel that you got to incorporate into the game that other hardcore comic fans might be able to point out?
6: Okay, yeah, all right, I'll, I don't think I've said this before. Ah! Uh, There is... there is this is going to be a hard easter egg to find um there's an easter we just revealed the hulk as our our 13th playable character yesterday there's an easter egg with the hulk if you guys use his smash ability just keep an eye out for for um Mm. that ability keep an eye on that i'll also say that we even have a howard the duck easter egg wow (laughs) Uh, Deep cut. so yes and he had he fought an enemy called dr bong and so if somebody can find that Easter egg, I'm going to be so impressed. But I made sure that they put that thing in because I was liked Howard the Duck. So, That's awesome. Nice. That movie
3: <laughs> weirded me out as a kid. I really? remember seeing it. Oh, <laughs> didn't it? it, it, it yeah. Was, it, like it actually, I remember it gave me nightmares and I don't remember like yeah. the specific scene or reason, mm-hmm. but I just remember seeing that movie when I was probably seven or eight and being like really freaked out by it. <laughs>
6: Yeah, there there were some weird ones at that at that time. Yeah, I remember how
2: the duck as well being like a little bit terrifying. Destin Yeah, Dan was caught off guard by the length of the game. Uh how long do you think it will take most people to get through it? And then when they're done, what's the replayability aspect of Midnight Suns?
6: Uh okay, so that's a good question. And and this was hard for me to answer. So I play um it was really funny. Somebody asked me, uh, in an interview the other day, they were like, are you, are you waiting for the game to come out before you play it? And I was like, what? <laughs> I said, what? I said, uh, uh, for the last two years, I'm waiting for the game to come out so I can
5: stop. And I'm like, yeah.
6: I've been playing this That's game, game I'm done. <laughs> for two years. I was like, I don't know what you think I do, but uh, no, what I do is I, I start the game from the beginning. I play all the way through, and then I start over from the beginning and I play all the way through. Um, so to me, it was hard for me to time because i'd stop and so i I always guessed like well i think it's like 50 hours 60 hours but from what a lot of the reviewers are saying it's like 70 hours 80 hours so um yeah it's a it's a pretty long game if you engage with all the optional side content um and then yeah after you beat it here's the thing there are 13 heroes in the game and you can really only focus your efforts um in terms of building friendships with them on really building up their um, combat abilities it's probably only five or six you can focus on, so you can go back, play, um, focus your efforts on other heroes to become good friends with them and, and maximize their um, abilities in combat. We have a new game plus mode where some of your friendships carry over, so nice. then you can keep your friends from the first playthrough, and you'll have the other heroes that you unlock throughout the game: Hulk, Scarlet Witch, Wolverine, and they'll start from the beginning of the game with you. So, um, yeah, there's a an, it's a. Uh, I think it is a really replayable game. I say that as the guy who's played start to finish more than anybody. Now I'm biased, okay, but I have played it start to finish more than anybody in the world at this point, at least of this day. So, well,
3: maybe your uh, QA testers might have something to say about that, right?
6: They might. Oh, you know what? You're right. You're right. You're right. Actually, shout out, shout out QA. All right, shout out QA. I apologize. You know what? They never get the, They never get enough respect for it because they don't just have to play it. They have to play it and not have fun with it, they right? They got a hammer on it.
2: On, yeah, yeah, they got a hammer on it. So I, yeah, shout out to the QA for that. You you brought up uh, criticism earlier. One of the things I saw online everywhere, a lot of people were like, "Cards, oh man." Uh, so like, yeah. like, did you ever have a different system in place, or like, how did you end up landing yes. on cards at the end of the day? First of all, who
6: knew that cards would be a polarizing uh, <laughs> addition to a game? Yeah. I did, uh, we were taken totally by surprise by that. No, um, when I told the team, when I was like, ah, I really wanted to try cards. And so when I told the team, even internally, the reaction was like, what? Um, <laughs> so, but we're always in pursuit of it, just what we knew it was the right design. And so we're always, in, we always let that lead us is like, we just got to make the best game we can. And we just are maybe naively, but it's always steered us true. If we do that, everything else will kind of shake out of that. Um, but yeah, I, I think that we started the game thinking we were going to make a Marvel XCOM, right? Just uh, make a version of the XCOM game, drop superheroes in. But, you know, the fantasy of being a soldier, a tactical soldier, taking cover and moving stealthily and fighting a superior enemy, like that was very different than, hey, I'm Captain Marvel and I can nuke an entire platoon of Hydra soldiers. So we uh, very quickly on, and it wasn't... Look, this was not a good realization. This wasn't a fun realization when like a couple months in, we were like, oh God, we we're like, "This none of this works. We have to make a new game. So um, yeah, so, and it took maybe a year or so before we landed on cards as the as the basic mechanic. But um, yeah, it was, uh, I, I knew that one was gonna be uh, an interesting um, selling point with people.
3: Can you go back to the relationship aspect, Jay? Cause I, I think- I think that's the thing that's going to catch a lot of people off guard is just how much yeah. relationship building and relationship management there is in this game. Uh, like you're you can, you know, become buddies with Tony Stark if you want to. And that's like that's something I'm not sure anybody's expecting out of this game. And so, like, how, how did all that evolve and what was was there a lot of sort of push and pull with Marvel about? you know, about that aspect of the game and, and what's sort of inbounds? Not romantically, obviously, because, uh, you know, yeah. our reviewer, Dan Stapleton, says it's, you know, it's not a romantic kind of relationship game, but right. but there's, you know, th- I would have to imagine that there are approvals and, and you know, yep. and you're trying to, you've got a game you want to do, but they've got a brand to protect and, and that they, yes. you know, they want to be careful about. So how how was yeah. that
6: aspect of the Marvel relationship for you? Um. And and I've said this before, it's the utter truth, like Marvel games, they are, even for, you know, owning and um, uh, steering the most powerful narrative IP in the world, they are like the best partners I could ever imagine. Like they were, they were always game. I'll give them credit for that. I would say, hey, we want to do this. And they'd say, okay. They're like that sounds cool can you walk us through uh and i'd be like yeah, yeah 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 um and they really were they were really game for all these things because their, their philosophy is like we want to partner with developers whose games we like and we want to let them do what they do um so yeah but when it came to the relationships there were a few things because the idea of romance it doesn't fit because these characters are so fixed their backstories are so fixed their personalities and I think romance is is best done when it's directed by the player and the player should be able to romance whoever they want and you know and I, I, you know and so it doesn't make sense with fixed characters um so I will say what you think is happening in your head nobody can tell you no okay <laughs> so if you play the game and you say I don't know I think something else is going on here I'm not saying it isn't okay so um but yeah, I remember one time, there's all these things you can do with the heroes at the Abbey. As you're building friendship, you can go on hangouts with them. Um, and you, you pick a hangout you think the hero would like. Um, but you can also pick hangouts that aren't appropriate for a hero. And I remember Marvel was like, specifically, this is a specific case. And they were like, we, we understand what you're trying to do here. And they, they know it's a game, right? That's a great thing about them. They're like, games are different than movies, than comics and everything. They're like, however, the fact that you can take, um, you can have Wolverine go painting the landscape with you. They're like, that's very, very out of character. And I was like, I know you won't get any friendship points for it. And they're like, yeah, 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 I know. But you still have Wolverine like painting the landscape. They're like, it's just really, really out of character. And I'm like, I know players definitely shouldn't do that. So that was a back and forth we had. And finally they were like, okay, okay. Um. But, um, uh, like, uh, you can hang out by the pool. That was way more in character with everybody. Um, so, yeah, if people, if you ever want to see superheroes hanging out at the pool, then this is the game for you. <laughs> we,
2: we got a note from PR. Sorry, it's very uh, off topic from where you were just yeah. now. But uh, they were like, don't play on your Steam Deck. It's not certified there. Yeah. Uh, spoilers, I was playing on Steam Deck, and it <laughs> runs pretty good. So are, Oh, okay, are you, good, good. Are you actually working to improve that yes. version of the game and get it running smoothly? Yep.
6: Yep. yep. Working to get the um, Steam Deck validated. But there's just, a, there's like a few issues. So we didn't want people um, reviewing on it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely something we're working on. It's getting it validated on Steam Deck. Cause, you know, tactical games, Steam Deck, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah.
3: What's uh Jake uh, I'll, I'll just a couple more here for you we'll let you go. I, yeah. I'm curious like what's you know this you, you were telling me before we recorded that this was a 5 year deal for you. You know yeah. this was this was a big chunk of your life so here at the end of the road, as the game is now finally shipping and is out on Friday for, of course Xbox, uh, but also PC and PlayStation, what, uh, what's, like, what's your ultimate favorite aspect of the game now? Now that you can kind of look back, you've played it over and over a billion times, like what's, what's the thing that you're happiest with, that you're, you're most proud of that that's like the standout piece of this game for you?
6: Um, there's there's a, a more, I think from a design standpoint, what I really love is the fact that we were able to make a tactics game that's new. We, we feel like we've made something new. And so it's just, an, it's reassuring. I think as a developer, um, it was very scary to say, well, we, we did XCOM and that was, it was great and people loved it and we loved it. And then we had this really scary moment um, when we realized, oh, we can't use all these tools that we have in our toolbox. Or we, we have to throw them all away. And that's not a fun feeling. Um, so to think that people are really raving about the combat, um, that is so satisfying to think, okay, we built another thing from scratch. That's really, um, I think the team deserves all the credit for that. Um, and I've got a silly one, but it really is a personal, I have a few, everybody knows when they work with me, I have like a few pet projects. I already mentioned the pool, like. I grew up i'm an x-men guy so i grew up reading the x-men they were always hanging out by the pool and i was like dude if i looked like blade i'd be in a bathing suit at the most inappropriate times so i'd be like oops i'm sorry guys did i just step out of the shower again like so i'm like we have to have a pool for people to hang out um so people always knew that was never on the cut list was the pool. Um, another another feature that i really really liked was so there's uh, after every mission the game generates a comic book cover for you. And it, it's this really cool-looking comic book cover. It takes the heroes that were on the mission, and it generates this cover with graphics and, and text and everything, and it's like random text. Um, but that's a 3D scene that you can then say, let me edit that thing. You could go in, you can adjust the heroes, you can add heroes, you can add villains, you can adjust everybody's expressions. And that's one of those things that I just love seeing what players, when they get their hands on it, like all the crazy, you know, some of them probably inappropriate, but mostly fun, like funny, um, awesome comic book covers. I'm I'm just so excited to see what people do with it.
3: See, where you gotta get the the Marvel merchandise machine to allow you to export and yeah. make real life versions of those that you can, you know, print out or, you know, have have
6: made and put up on your wall. That'd be cool. Do do you know? You're you're a brilliant brilliant man because do you know that was actually how I pitched that feature when we were like five years ago. I was like, and then we're gonna make we're gonna put them on coffee cups. We're gonna you know whatever it is. We didn't quite get there, but I always thought that would be cool if if like you could get an omnibus of like all of your comic book oh, covers. So cool. You know, as you went through the game. Yeah. Now you'll just have to print them out yourself. But yes, that would be cool. All right, uh, the last
3: question, the most important question of the interview, December second. Mm-hmm. You've so you're you're done. You've shipped this video game. Yep. Are you getting a proper holiday break, you and the team here? You And and uh, are you going to go yes. somewhere where there's no internet, just somewhere like totally shut down and escape somewhere? What's what's the plan for you for uh, the time off that you get now?
6: Yeah, a lot of the team today, they took a bus up to Times Square because we've got this, like, amazing 3D... Uh, 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 have you ever seen those 3D Yeah, the, ads? the thing in the corner, right? Uh,
4: the, yeah, the, yeah. yeah, so...
6: There's a Midnight Suns one in Times Square, so a lot of the team took buses up to uh, to go to Times Square today to see that. Um, everybody gets to relax, um, and then once they get back from that trip, I'm going to come out to the parking lot and scream at them that DLC is coming out. And what <laughs> the heck do they think? They- no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. No, um, my beloved team, they've they've earned it. They deserve it. Everybody's going to get a good Christmas break. Um, I'm you know I'm not happy unless I'm working, but yes, I'm taking off through Christmas so I can spend time with my um my family too and oh yeah yeah, there there it is is. our Um, super producer red yeah there's that Times square (laughs) that is cool yep yep so the team's up there right now they're up up in Times square right now taking a look at that we we have our launch party on friday and and hopefully i really really hope my team just takes off the rest of the year and and comes back and you know
3: gets ready for something
6: else whatever's next
3: Jake Solomon, creative director, Marvel's Midnight Suns. The game is getting rave reviews across the board, including from IGN. It is out on Friday. That's this Friday, December 2nd, on your Xbox Series X, Series S, Xbox One PC, or PlayStation platforms as well. Jake, thank you so much for making the time, and congratulations on another gem. Thank
6: you guys so much.
3: Hope you enjoyed that chat with Jake. Always good to see him. Every uh, he's, he's like you know it's, he's, he's like a delayed Groundhog Day with him. You only see him like every four or five years when he because you know their their games for Axis they take their time but they always deliver as they seemingly have again with Midnight Suns. All right, let's do Unlock Block trivia. It's getting really down yeah. to the wire now <laughs> on Unlock Block trivia. I'm just gonna double check the scoring, see where we left off. Miranda holding a slim lead. With ten points, Stella at nine. Destin, I would I would have to say, you won't. I don't think you'll be literally eliminated if you don't. How uh, dare you get <laughs> get it correct today? But you, you've gotta you've gotta stay in the game uh, today because you're at eight points. So you're you're too off the the leader here. Uh, so right. uh, our let's see here. Yeah, this was a good one from Michael in Los Angeles. His gamer tag is. Baseball FRK89, of course, baseball freak, meaning that Michael mm. and I would get along just fine. Uh, as I'm a baseball freak as well. So thank you, Michael. And he asks, which of these third-party developed games has been continually on Game Pass for the longest amount of time? In other words, it didn't go off of Game Pass and come back. Like, it has been on Game Pass for... A long amount of consecutive time. Is it Costume Quest 2, which I realize is now a first party, but it wasn't originally. So just to clarify that point. Mass Effect, Double Dragon Neon, or City Skylines? So I will go to our leader Miranda first for her answer on this.
4: This is a really good question. This is good. He stumped me
3: too, by the way. I would not have gotten this.
4: This is a guess for me. I'm going to do D-City Skylines.
3: Okay. Stella, let me come <sighs> over to you here. That was
1: my answer too, but okay. So you said that I can't have left Game Pass?
3: Okay, and I'm not saying it's still on there now. It's just th- the th- w- what's been
1: on there. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm looking at Mass Effect, but I don't think Game Pass was always with EA. Because they had that EA Play thing with it. So... <sighs> I don't want this to be one of those things where the second answer kills me because that was the right answer.
3: That's happened to you a lot this I year.
1: I know. <laughs> I know, and I'm trying to read you to see if there's any like key. Like, I'm a good host. You I can't. Know. It's, it's nothing. Um, I'm gonna stick with city skylines because I feel like okay. I've seen that a lot.
3: So you're it's it's a this is a bold strategy because if you, if you're right, you don't gain any ground on Miranda. I know, but of course. If she was right, and then you went yeah. somewhere else, you'd lose ground and <laughs> almost be eliminated. So stop all right.
5: psychologically hey, twisting my brain. This is the fun part of the, this. Is why <laughs> oh.
3: this is why we do this. It's just for me to psychologically torture all of you
5: yeah, yeah, every I'm week
3: for a year, uh, year after year. It's fun. Destin, that
2: leaves you. All right. So <laughs> I am ninety nine percent sure it's Mass Effect, but the continually is what I'm worried about. Because I played Mass Effect on Game Pass, like, through the whole game. So, on the Xbox One. And I streamed it. So, I'm going to go with Mass Effect. Okay. But it might have left. So, I'm a little concerned about that part. Anyway. All right. So, we have two city skylines
3: and a Mass Effect. I feel like I'm going to regret this. And, uh, again, I told you... I didn't get this either when when Michael sent this in and uh, yeah he's stumped all four of us because none of you got it oh. none of us got it it was it Double Dragon fast. Neon Double Dragon Neons never left Game Pass what? it's been on there since guess. the beginning and it's never I left. That came out like what a year ago <laughs> Double Dragon Neon is a I if I remember correctly this is a not very good sort of reimagining of Double Dragon but I'd have to go back So now all right now I gotta go look it up because oh, I don't want to be it is.
1: okay. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting.
3: Yeah, it's not good, uh, right? Is it, yeah, because there have been good. We gave it a drag- three. And, yeah,
2: oh. as a has a seven on Steam and open Credit it as an eighty-one, so some people like it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Came out in two thousand twelve.
3: IGN um, gave wow. it a three out of ten. <laughs> That's why I yeah. remembered it being not good because huh. whoever reviewed it. I think it, Mitchell played it for us and he
2: was like, oh no. And I mean Mitchell <laughs> knows these games yeah.
3: better than anybody was, I like,
2: know, so. It was when, like, they were doing Ninja Turtles, but they did it all weird. <laughs> not in the same company, but, like, remember, Ooh. Turtles in Time was remade, but they did, like, this, an art style like this. Yeah. And then recently we got the much better uh, version of Ninja Turtles wow, this, where they just ported and, those games. And this was developed by WayForward, whose track
3: record is overall really good. So, yeah. well, we we I, we did not agree. Uh, IGN, as a collective yeah. outlet, did not agree Uh, With this one, but in any case, everybody stumped, which means the can gets kicked down the road for another week. Um,
1: It was the best outcome, honestly. I think.
3: Are you? The question is: How are? Can there even? Is there even going to be a trivia next week? How can all three of you play if I'm not here? If we have
1: someone, if you drop a question in, and we have the guest. Ask it to <laughs> oh, us. <yeah. laughs> we
3: yeah. can talk so. about it off air. We can figure it out. Dang yeah. it! Um, so my-
4: also, if we have a guest, so right, yeah. <laughs>
3: Michael from Los Angeles, thank you very much for that excellent <sighs> Xbox trivia question. <laughs> Unlock block trivia. If you have a good Xbox trivia question, I would love to get it via email unlocked at ign.com is the email address to send it to note the question for multiple choice answers. Note the correct answer in your email. Don't forget your name and gamer tag. And you may be featured here as one of the last questions that will decide the championship for this year. And with that, uh, it is time to head out. This has been Unlocked 572. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Atomic Heart is our IGN first game, our sort of cover story, if you will. Thinking back to the old magazine days, we've got exclusive coverage of Atomic Heart, which is looking awesome. I have played about an hour of that game and I am no less excited for it. I'm only more excited now that I've actually played it. So check out that coverage. And Miranda, how about you? Want to give any plugs to anything you're up to?
4: Yeah, sure. You can find me at Havoc and that's Havoc with a K on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and Hive. I actually like posting on Hive a fair bit. Um, Right now, it's big guide season. We're just really heads down in a lot of projects, so please check out our guides. We work really hard on them, and we hope you find them helpful.
2: Excellent. Destin? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at DestinLeguerre, YouTube.com slash channel, where I'm reading a 111-page legal document right now. It is quite long. It's Microsoft's response to the CMA. Uh, very interesting read. They make some good points. Um, and uh, cookies, LeguerreBakery.com. Hopefully some of you got in on the November sale we did. Thank you to everybody who ordered. And uh, yeah, that's it. happy and holidays also. Excellent. Coming up. Stella, take us home.
1: Yeah, um, I am at Parallax Stella everywhere. Um, currently playing through God of War Ragnarok, but I'm also doing the review for Warzone Two, which should be out next Monday. So, yeah,
3: fantastic for Stella, Destin, Miranda, and our super producer Red. I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked Five Seventy Two, and we'll see you guys next week.
5: Listen to Repin wherever you get your podcasts.